Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. Uh, It is currently about 10.30ish in the morning. I took the day off today, uh, but I am going to be spending most of the day with Oliver because he has a half day at school. So in about half an hour, I actually have to go get him. The, um, The half day ends before even noon. So that's nice for him. Um... Anyway, sitting in my favorite chair, uh, it's been only a week this time since the last uh, episode, but I thought, why not do it since I'm sitting here and I read out some notes and next week is Thanksgiving and I probably won't really get around to doing this next week, um, so why not do it now? So probably won't be too long of an episode. So yeah, so... In terms of general life news, I uh, went to a few shows in the past week, uh, went out to a new restaurant, went to a tech meetup, and um, which I'll get to all of that. But first, I want to shout out to my to my friend and BM, which stands for bandmate Drew Thurlow and um, his wife Jen, because they are now the parents of a uh, gorgeous little girl, gorgeous from the pictures I've seen, named Eva. Uh, she was born last week, I guess it was. So um, congrats to uh, Drew and Jen and Eva and also uh, Uncle Chris, Drew's brother. Um, Very exciting news. I can't wait to meet her. Um, The newest and youngest Dumbo resident, probably the youngest. Um, So anyway, let's see. Moving on, um, other uh, neighborhood news. So yeah, there's a new restaurant called the Hi Hi Room, H-I-H-I. It's all one word. with capital H's. It's in 138 Smith Street, which was, if I recall, I'm pretty sure that was the old apartment 138 restaurant, which was a tiny little place. And um, I kind of liked, but I never really went to because you know how there's sometimes really cool places that are somewhere around you and you think you would always go and you don't because you just end up going to other places. So I know I only went to apartment 138 a couple of times, but I went to this high, high room, um, last week. Uh, it opened last week uh, for a couple of reasons. One is I was, it somehow crossed my radar because they have, they're serving a Cincinnati chili type dish, which, you know, I love Cincinnati chili, um, Skyline chili, etc. And um, it's, I guess, some sort of like duck bolognese, which I guess I would prefer it to be more of a vegetarian thing, but I'll, I'll try it for sure. Um and Cincinnati chili is kind of like has cinnamon in it and also a hint of chocolate. Um, so it's not really like a Texas chili or, you know, any type of normal chili you're thinking of. It, it's its own thing. Um, I would say that most people that aren't familiar with it end up loving it if they're trying it for the first time as an adult. Um, my wife loathes it, but uh, I think that's more of a texture thing. Um, but anyway, so they have that. So I thought, oh, I got to go to this place. And then it turns out that um, my friend Kara had already gone with Pete uh, because they are friends with the chef. And um, and then she was reviewing it for Brooklyn Based and her excellent review actually went up on the site yesterday. Uh, so I went, I tagged along with her and our friend Meg. And Meg is also from Cincinnati. We were bummed that they were out of the Cincinnati chili that night. Last week, um, technically they weren't open. I think it was still a soft open, so that's okay. <laughs> that I'll forgive them. But um, yeah, so it's a really cool like place. It's like kind of bright and open, and 
like inviting. I love the actual space and they're open kind of like all day, like breakfast and lunch too. So, and as Pete was noting, I think it was Pete that was noting this. Um, so they serve other half beer in cans, which is awesome. Um, but it's basically the only place on earth that serves other half in cans because other half just doesn't offer cans for wholesale to restaurants, I think. Um, obviously, they do on tap. but um, So I, and apparently the connection is that Court Street grocers who own this new restaurant, the High High Room, are close with the other half people, which makes sense. Um, and the chef for neighborhood people and also food people or whatever, um, the chef is that guy, Walker, who was the chef at Dover and Battersby, both very much missed neighborhood restaurants. Um, so yeah, and if all goes as planned, I will be going there later today to stop in with um, Oliver and also my friend Sam, who's visiting from in- from London, um, from, from Walthamstow, London. And she actually also is coincidentally friends with this guy, the chef. So she's excited to go today. Um, and hopefully they'll have that Cincinnati chili thing. So yes, yeah, Sam is visiting uh, from London. She is a she was a longtime resident of Carroll Gardens um, and has moved back and forth to London and between London and Brooklyn a few times and is back in London probably more permanently than usual this time. And um, But she comes to New York generally twice a year simply to visit Brooklyn and hang out. So she is currently here. So we went to her old haunt and my haunt, Bar Great Harry, last night and had a couple of, um, I had, what did I have? Uh, I can't remember. It was a Minnesota brewery that I'd not had before. So not like, um, what's the one out there? Slayer or um, Surly? Yeah, it was not that. It was some other Minnesota beer. Um, but it was very good. Uh, the number of all the taps at Bar Great Harry, which they have 20, um, number one is usually a pilsner or a lager. Number two is is like what I call the sweet spot. It's like always some dependable, awesome, dank IPA. Um, and so that's this beer from Minnesota last night was in the um, number two slot. Um, so yeah, Sam is here. And uh, let's see, other things I did in the past week, I went to this tech meetup at Media Math, which is this uh, um, ad tech company in the World Trade Center at, that my friend Joe my close friend from childhood, Joe, uh, founded and is the CEO of. So there was a tech meetup on essentially how they deliver um, real-time bidding at scale. And um, it was just kind of fun to go to. I went with Gabe, my bandmate and uh, friend, and he's also in tech uh, at United Technologies. And we just went for the fun of it to go to Media Math and uh drink Lagunitas and eat pizza and sit and listen to a 30-minute presentation on ad tech, which was super fun. Uh, and I should do, we should do more of that. I mean, I should, but he was saying like, you know, that's fun. This is a nice little way to like go hang out after work. And I agreed. So hopefully we'll do more of that. And then I saw some shows in the past week. So I can't remember if last week I mentioned I saw Super Chunk. I think I did. So I saw Super Chunk at Murmur um, like a week and a half ago. And then last week, I saw His Golden Messenger, who I love and have been a longtime fan of, and Oliver loves His Golden Messenger, too. Um, so every November or December, he's in New York, the band is. And um, so this year, uh, it was kind of early this year, mid-November, but at Webster Hall, which he had not played before. Um, but it was a great, great show. The band this time was um, Phil Cook, as always, 
uh, playing guitar and keys. Uh, Chris Berner uh, was playing guitar. And um, yeah, so I went with um, Josh Kaufman, who uh, thanks Josh for getting me in. And um, he produced the newest His Golden Re- Messenger record as well as like playing on it, obviously. Uh, so it went with him and um, his bandmate and Bonnie Light Horseman, Anais Mitchell, uh, who just won all those Tonys for um, her musical, um, what is it called? Uh, Hades Town. And uh, so, and like, uh, let's see, I saw old friend Jess Louder there, Dave Goldstein was there, um, Mike Phillips, my bandmate in various I Get Wild and Other Threes things was there. Um, and my friend Eric Michelson, um, I texted when I was on my way there and he's coming back from Midtown and he was like, I'm going to stop in. And um, we were there and he, we hung out with his cousin, Brian Harkenrider, who is um, a longtime Bowery Presents employee. So it was a real like lots of friends and family hang out at his Golden Messenger and it was really great. And the show was outstanding. Josh and I uh, and Aeneas left. They were they wanted to leave a cutout a few minutes early to get a cab back to Brooklyn, and I joined because I was super tired. And um, we all live fairly close to each other. Um, so anyway, great show. Uh, I also on Saturday night saw Robert Forster, uh, the musician, not the actor, obviously, at the Bell House here in Brooklyn. Uh, Robert Forster was one half of the Go Betweens, the legendary um, Brisbane slash Sydney slash London England band and if you recall earlier this year um, my friend Elaine lent me Robert Forster's memoir from a couple of years ago called um, Grant and I which Grant being being Grant McLennan his partner in the go-betweens who passed away in 2006 uh, who died of an unexpected heart attack at a young age um, so Robert Forster lives in Brisbane and as you can imagine doesn't come over here very often so this was his first I guess, New York show in 11 years. And the Bell House, I think it was technically not sold out because they were selling tickets that day. But I mean, it was packed and clearly essentially sold out. And I saw a lot of faces there, people that are like, you know, people like, uh, how do I describe this? Like the people that recognized how special and rare this is, they were all there. Like, I mean, it it drew out the um, quote unquote big concert going names. It was kind of funny. You know, the the people you just see out at shows all the time, like everyone was there. Um, and actually right in front of us was, um, I had to have this pointed out by my my concert goer, Matt, friend Matt Frampton, who pointed out that Guy Pachotto from Fugazi was right in front of us. Um, a special... Thanks to um, Steve uh, from Chicago who could not make the show but bought the ticket way back in the spring and uh, gave me the ticket. Thank you so much. It did not go to waste. I very much had a great time. Um, so yeah, so saw a couple of great shows this week. Uh, tonight, if I get this podcast up today, if anyone's listening today, tonight at Three's Brewing is our monthly dead night with Scott um, Devendorf um, and Bradley Goodman and others and friend Dave is going to, we got some, his tapestries, we're going to hang up just because they look cool. And, um, and as always, like we have this poster by our friend, Daryl Norson, who I've never met, but he lives in Boston. He does a lot of great posters for the national and, uh, actually his golden messenger. And he did the new Garcia people's artwork. Um, it's just like a nice little crew of, uh, friends and like-minded souls. And anyway, and then, 
Saturday night, I'm playing this gig in, in Jersey City at FM Bar, which I've never been to, but um, the Talking Heads band I'm in, I Get Wild, is playing a late show. And I, from what I understand, this bar is going to be hopping and it'll be fun. So um, yeah, that's my musical exploits. And the other thing I wanted to mention is, I forgot to mention this last episode, but I listened to the new Van Morrison record. I love Van Morrison, all Van Morrison. And I especially love, to be honest, 80s Van. Um this new record, first of all, is outstanding. What's it called? Three Chords and the Truth. Um, it's outstanding, and it sort of like lives halfway between like a Tupelo Honey, St. Dominic's Preview vibe, and also Avalon Sunset. Um, if you know Van, then hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, but, you know, very like major key soul R&B, beautiful melodies with just incredible singing by Van. Uh, a lot of artists, as they get old, their voices change, um, which is understandable and actually totally fine. Like um, someone, especially like Dylan, knows how to like um, really adapt to his changing voice. But Van's voice is the freaking same, and it's just as powerful and emotive, and it doesn't sound like any different, you know, characteristic wise. So, and there's a, the I think it's the second song. I can't remember right now, and I don't want to like press search go searching around on my phone while I'm recording into it but um Bill Medley actually uh from the Righteous Brothers does a call and response kind of duet with him on a song it's just so good um and he's also like not only does he have a great voice but it's very like he's so confident a singer and he's so confident in singing with another lead singer and it really comes out um so I highly recommend that Van Morrison record um, I guess that's it for, for new music. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, books. So I, I finished Permanent Record by Edward Snowden. Um, I highly recommend it to all. It's a um, very quick read, about 300 pages, uh, but it's so interesting. And what you learn about the government and surveillance and phones and operating systems and tracking is... Um, I think super important for everyone to just be aware of it. Um, it's pretty hard to avoid all this stuff completely in the society we live in, um, unless you want to throw out your smartphone and not really uh, go online with the convenience that you're used to. But uh, And he recognizes in the book... Uh, even via the perspective of his now wife where where like he recognizes that not everyone wants to cut all ties um and there's like it's it's all a matter of degrees but i think it's important for everyone to kind of recognize what's happening and what's happened since in the last 20 years it's essentially since september 11th which you know co- that event coincided it came at a time when a like the internet was becoming so ubiquitous that the government wanted to control it, and then September 11th sort of gave them a reason to do it, and that that control is never going to be relinquished. Um, anyway, great, great book, um, and you know it's a memoir with certain key events in it. So if you say got it from the library, it might it might be good to just read parts of it. Um, you know, skip to the stuff you want to read. But anyway, important book, I think. Uh, Dear Life, I'm in the middle of the Alice Monroe book from 2012, collection of short stories. Um, I mean, she only writes short stories. Uh, and it's basically her last book because she is 80-something and I think retired 
um, unofficially. Uh, Alice Monroe's stories take place generally in small towns in Ontario, and they're so simple, and they lull you with their beauty and their simplicity, and then just some key detail will, will come out or some like out-of-nowhere bizarre sentence from a character, and it shocks you because you've been lulled into this like simple, quiet world, and the the merest little change can really pull the rug out from under you. There's such like, and some of the stories are like just devastating, quietly devastating. She's such a beautiful writer and these stories are so good. The stories are generally 20 to 30 pages long. So I finish all of them usually in a commute. Sometimes I have to like, it kills me. I have like seven more pages and I have to wait till the end of the day on the way home. But um you can generally read these like you can read an entire story in like a sitting. So Alice Monroe, Dear Life is the one I'm reading. I had not read Alice Monroe in about 20 years because I remember 20 years ago I talked to somebody like when I was almost, I guess, essentially my first job. But um, we talked about Alice Monroe and that got me to read some then. And before that I had last read Alice Monroe in um, like my grade 11 English class in Canada. Um, so anyway, and the other thing that was kind of fun books related is that, uh, I'm on these waiting lists at the Brooklyn library, uh, for things like the Gia Tolentino book and the, uh, a warning by anonymous book. And I saw on Twitter that other people like were chiming in friends of mine saying that they were also on these lists. And I kind of liked the little, like, um, the little world of, of of reserving your books online and being in pl- in line for a hold and just like how other people do the same thing, um, it's so much more convenient than the way the library used to be. Which I'm not blaming the library, and I've always used and loved the library. But these days, to just go online and, and place things, and you can place freezes, or you can like you know get rid of a hold if you've read the book elsewhere or something. Um, it's so convenient and uh, kind of fun. I guess that's it. I'm going to keep this short as I wanted to, but yeah, so this was this is episode 32. Um I guess the next episode will be after Thanksgiving. Um we'll be in Cincinnati, which I hope will go well. Um Yeah, we'll be in Cincinnati for some of the week and then back for most of the week um here and there. I guess that's about it. So I will chime back in with the Conrad Life Report in December. Um, So anyway, this has been episode 32. It's 11-something in the morning on Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. Um, Take care and see you next time.